This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. It's Jonathan Escudero here, aka Yogi. Yes, don't touch that dial, this is not a rerun. We are here to continue our conversation that started last week, where we covered WandaVision in its entirety, the sto- the, sh- the show that everyone's talking about now, uh, besides Superman and Lois. And um, mm-hmm. and so when good. when we saw this stuff, uh, WandaVision itself get promoted, it was hard not to see where a lot of the um, inspiration for the series came from. And if you know about the character of Scarlet Witch, dare I say her de- most definitive story or... I guess her biggest event uh, that surrounds her is the story of House of M. Um, And a lot of people were wondering whether this was going to have House of M implications. Were you on that boat? Hell yeah. I thought it. Absolutely. When I saw WandaVision and I saw her altering reality around her to give herself a family or to give herself a good life, that's immediately what I thought of House of M. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were looking for the connective tissue between the two. Um, the series itself, House of M, is a 2005 comic book storyline published by Marvel Comics. Um, eight core issue uh, limited series written by Brian Michael Bendis and illustrated by Oliver Copiel with a number of crossover tie-in books. Um, I should say it's, it's uh, I guess it's Olivier. Olivier? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, Copiel. Copier. I don't know how to pronounce the Olivier last name. Olivier so Copiel. <laughs> I, I won't even try to help you on the last one, but I know that first <laughs> You know the one. first one is Olivier. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, House of M, I remember reading it. I read it when I was in the military at a time where I wasn't really sure about co- comic book continuity. I had just yeah. been hearing about these big stories and I was getting them in trades, um, just reading them as I heard, you know, this was good and that was good. Um, but when I look back... The House of M star- is is the domino that sets off a huge chain of events when it comes to Marvel, especially when you consider Marvel crossover events at the time. Um, yeah, there. I it, so there. I feel like people are of two sides when it comes to this. Some people think that Marvel at this point and and you know in future overdid it with crossover events. You know, we're at a point now where there's what like two a year probably. Yeah, yeah, it's become a gimmick. Right. But um back then it was it was a series of ongoing story. It was one cohesive story being told, you know, like if it was every event led into every other event whereas yeah. in, in it it ended, you know? But 
I guess Marvel was like, even though it's over, we um <clears throat> we need more of these, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So so they kind of just started pumping out a thing where it became like we have to have an event every summer. Where before it was like, well, this is just the story that Bendis was trying to tell at the time. Yeah, I think probably up to Secret Wars, it's almost flawless. Yeah, it starts to lose itself after that around fear itself and siege. And yeah. I, they, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people feel like the X-Men took it, had got it the worst. Well, this this is the beginning of this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we like I I I remember this story and I I never put it against the landscape of the entire Marvel Comics universe. But even looking at it now, it's it's the first um, major crossover event in the 2000s, you know, um, in 2005. And so by 2005, they already kind of put the target on the back of the mutants from this point on um, all the way until you get to, you know, uh, Avengers. Sorry, you know, you do get Avengers and X-Men and you get um, Inhumans and X-Men. Like they were really, I really felt like they were trying to figure out either what they were going to do with them or get rid of them. Which I honestly, it did feel like it was going to, they obviously felt like they were going to get rid of them. Let me say that. But I, I wonder if, uh, because all the Fox stuff kind of became public later on, but I wonder what was going on back then to cause that. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, yeah. Yeah, because they, I mean, they sidelined the Fantastic Four for a bit too, which could have been a, a side effect of them not owning them outright in um, film. So that majority of the crossover events didn't. They weren't integral characters, um, it, to the point they that when you do in, stuff like in Civil War, in... yeah, yeah, I was thinking, you know, what I was thinking about it in this, like they mentioned by name Black Panther, but it would have been cool to see what's going on over there. <laughs> but I didn't check to see if he had a tie-in. I don't think he, I don't think he. Well, you know, wait, no, it, it says there's one <laughs> Black Panther number seven. That's it. So I guess that would have been it. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, this chain of events that I think folds in so well. And one of the things that I think is the most haunting when you're done with House of M is that I think there is a very clear through line to Avengers and X-Men. You know, because the, the way this ends, knowing knowing what happens to the rest of the Marvel Universe, the way this ends, it kind of ends in a kind of like a, well, you guys are on your own. <laughs> like, everything's back to normal. Hope uh, you mutants figure it out. Like, just, you know. Do. I feel like some of that might have been by design, too. I think Bendis was trying to create a conflict between the Avengers and the X-Men so that his ultimate final story would be the Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. I also got, and I'm this may be misguided, but I got Flashpoint vibes with this in the sense that, like, living in another universe, uh, alternate timeline, but it's still our main i guess it's in the main story i it's, guess you that means that flashpoint gave you house of m vibes yes yes i guess that makes a lot of <laughs> sense there too <laughs> but i wish some of these i wish some of this um some of the reimaginings would have been a bit more extreme i think i think the idea wasn't that they were being reimagined as much as they just got everything they've ever wanted yeah yeah and I guess that is hard to make that interesting, right? <laughs> when everybody yeah, I mean, has what they want. I think cause, because because uh, normally I'm like a 
advocate of like reading the tie-ins and everything, but with this, it was like the story was not enhanced by the tie-ins at all. But if you wanted to know more about any particular character, you could read their tie-in. And their tie-in would not affect the actual story at all, but it would just be like if you wanted to see what their world was like. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I, mine's would have been Spider-Man. I, uh, there's a three issue mini that I didn't have the chance to read again, which I'm going to. Right. But, uh, that, that, that seemed really interesting. Professional wrestler Spider-Man? Yeah. I, he's always <laughs> I read the Spider-Man, the Hulk, and, um, the Avengers, and Spider-Man was far and away the most, uh, interesting one, especially considering, um, I have very fond memories of the episode of the animated series where he goes to the X mansion and there's the, a debate about whether or not he's a mutant. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I got real big vibes of that, you know, and like basically his story in House of M, which we'll get into, you know, why uh, things are the way they are, is that he is um, passing as a mutant. He's in a world that loves mutants, uh, even though he got his powers by a scientist scientific experiment gone wrong um he is passing as a mutant and everyone loves him because it's a mutant loving world uh and then what happens when he kind of gets outed (laughs) as a human and a disgusting sapien if you will and how the world just kind of turns on him you nasty sape i think it's kind of i think it's kind of interesting how the world turns on him and the whole idea of like passing as a mutant is is an interesting it's an interesting uh, idea there I think Bendis is too good at creating slurs. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, right? It's got to be fun. Um, so, full transparency, I, until probably a couple weeks ago, I had never read Avengers Disassembled. Oh. Um, I didn't understand where it fit in the thing, which yeah. now I start to wonder how the hell I even read House of M uh, <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> Like, I remember the kid thing, but they, they answer it pretty simply in the beginning. You know, the whole thing of, like, you're doing this, you did that, you shouldn't have done this. It's all laid out there. The only thing I didn't understand was they kept saying that she killed Avengers, and she kept saying she killed Avengers. And I had no recollection of this. But um, the the events of House of M are, are direct results of the events of Avengers Disassembled. Yes, And um, that's a comic storyline that saw the Scarlet Witch systematically disable the Avengers using her reality warping powers after finding out they kept a secret that she might that she actually at one point had children. Um, She conjured an Ultron army. She caused Vision to come become a kamikaze. Um, She started an alien invasion and other horrors uh, that caused not only the death of notable Avengers like Scott Lang and Hawkeye, but it causes Wanda to become public enemy number one. and it's Doctor Strange who uncovers that Wanda's actions were her chance at revenge because she blamed the heroes for taking the children from her. Uh, these children, according to various characters, never truly existed in the first place and were a conduit to Mephisto, but Scarlet Witch is now a problem to be solved on Earth-616. Uh, discouraged, beaten, and humbled, the Avengers disband. Magneto, feeling his failures as a father are what constituted this, uh, takes Scarlet Witch under his wing. And I think that was, like, reading the story as is, um, I never felt, if it, I never felt overwhelmed with just general, I guess, stakes. 
or whatever. Like I'm reading this story, and okay, boom, you know, uh, we have a, a, a like a, almost a suicide bomber in um, Jagger Hearts. That's how Scott Lang dies. And then you get, you know, the Vision Kamikaze crashing into the uh, mansion, and then he throws up Ultron uh, balls that become Ultrons, and then the Kree show up, and everything is just compounding. And the, the Avengers are outgunned, outmatched. They don't know where any of this is coming from. They're losing members left and right. It, In comparison to House of M, which I feel like is a more cerebral story for Wanda, this shows her capabilities. Um, and one of the points that I thought was the most chilling is there's a moment where like, we flash... Captain America's like, can you find her? And uh, Doctor Strange is like, well, yeah, I'll use my magic, but you got to be prepared you know, for what you see when you get there. And um, when Cap does get there, Wanda has her fake family, her WandaVision, with Agatha and um, Simon Williams and um, Vision and the kids. And when Cap tries to talk her out of it, she just materializes Red Skull. And the German army, <laughs> she's like, just deal with this. And I was like, like nothing, like just spontaneous creation, like it was said in the story. Um, what do you think of Disassembled? Are you surprised that they didn't take Wanda down <coughs> there? Because I know uh, Strange kind of like subdues her. I like how he like pulls out the, Vash- I mean, the Agamotto, you know, he whips it out. <laughs> He's like, yeah. you don't make me have to use this. <laughs> and he basically, you know, makes her pass out. But what do you think of of Scarlet Witch being positioned in this story as a threat? And um, I guess the, what this sets up for in House of M. It's definitely, um, it's it's definitely, it was definitely interesting. I thought uh, when I read it, I didn't have any context of the of of what was happening before. Now I know that. This is Bendis coming in and, and 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 like completely wiping out the Avengers run that yeah. came before him, yeah. Right, but um, and, and and I would assume that that run before him was really unsuccessful because you never really hear about it, right? So this would have been a great thing anyway. But I always thought it was awesome, like this guy Jack of Hearts, who I didn't, I never read before this story, and I don't think I've read after. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And um, Vision, who I wasn't connected to back then either. It was Hawkeye. It was the one that I always remember. Like many years later, I was, it was always Hawkeye that got me because he, he didn't even, she didn't even kill him. He yeah. kind of killed himself trying to be a hero. Yeah, they set his uh, qu- his quiver on fire, and he has like bombs and stuff in there. <laughs> so it was like, oh. he, he's like, I'm gonna take out a bunch of these dudes. And I was like, "Damn, that's mess. That's that's the worst freaking death because he 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 basically kamikaze himself, yeah. uh, for because of Wanda, which is horrible. But um, yeah, I can, I would love to know what people felt who had maybe attachment to the run that came before this. But it it is like you say, you know, dare I say this period here, um, like we were saying, almost all the way up to Secret Wars is the period that I think is inspiring a lot of what we're seeing now." One hundred percent. And so, like, without this renaissance, without Bendis, and it, it feels so weird in 2021 20, to compliment the man because he broke my heart with Superman so much. Uh, You're absolutely right, though. This is what he was good at. This yeah. is what he was great at doing. He'd come in and, and revitalize a franchise like he did with Ultimate Spider-Man, like yeah. he did with the Avengers, like he did with Daredevil. 
Right. You know, um, he had he definitely had a track record, and this this and the sequence. Uh, subsequent stories that come out of this are really what sets the stage for modern Marvel, and a lot of the characters where you we know them now are weaved through these uh, various stories here. Um, these books they kind of read like blockbuster films. They do, uh, honestly, right? yeah. And with them, with the any stories in between being the Disney Plus shows, yeah, you know, yeah. and then you just lead up to the big stories and, um. Sometimes it gets a bit weary, like I said last time. Like you could read a run, and because of the way that the um, the events come in, it's like okay, I just want to read, let's say, Ant Man. Well, this issue of Ant Man takes place in World War Hulk, and this issue of Ant Man takes place in Civil War Two. You know, it happened with Sam Wilson as well. We we're dipping out of Secret uh, Empire, Civil War Two, uh, stuff like that. Um, which, if you only want to read those stories, uh, can be a little jarring, but. In the grand scope of Marvel, like it felt good for them to be that cohesive at one point, even though they were kind of excluding the X Men and um, uh, the Fantastic Four, uh, you know. But things happen. So, um, I was really touched by, oddly touched by Magneto feeling he had to come down and grab Wanda, because I don't really know those two characters for having a loving relationship. Um, and so to, to see yeah. to see Magneto blame his failures as a father as to what you know why Wanda came out the way he did, or his just tunnel vision in his uh, mutant war, um, I thought was very really interesting. I think this paints Magneto in a bit of a different light than we're used to seeing at this point. Um, I one hundred percent agree with that. Um, I thought I actually um, this almost is like the beginning of the Magneto face turn like because like, eventually you know he's yeah he starts becoming really buddy buddy with the x-men and he's he just hasn't been their enemy in like de- in like over a decade maybe two decades almost yeah yeah i think this is the beginning of that um what's one of the things that after a rereading this now but 16 years later um that you may have forgotten or were surprised by um, upon rewatch or re or reread. <laughs> uh, disassembled or House of M. House of M. Oh, oh, um, I forgot he killed Quicksilver. Jesus, <laughs> Magneto smoked his own kid. Yeah, he was so angry. I forgot that happened. Yeah, I definitely. Shit, we'll get to that, but but that was the thing that I that I was like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. I didn't know at the time that Charles was not really, like, with the X-Men. Like, he wasn't leading them black and white at the time. I think they were probably going through some stuff. When does that Grant Morrison stuff come in? If it's, uh... I want to say it's finishes in 2003. Okay, okay. And, and he and was then, walking away right there, right? Um, uh, Xavier? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the stuff. That's the beginning of the stuff. That's where, um... Emma Frost and Cyclops have the uh, psychic affair. Yes. Yep. And that, that's <laughs> what kind of starts solidifying her as uh, like a headmistress kind of thing over there. And she's full on in here. So, yeah, because um, a lot of people die. Yes. At the end of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, I mean, when it gets... When literally it comes down to the Hellfire Club <laughs> alumni, <laughs> then you start knowing everyone's dying. 
You know, I feel like that... maybe it's the Grant Morrison run that was the beginning of the end here because the run is great, and then Morrison ends up getting into all the creative problems with Marvel, and yeah. they change up his whole ending, and then he never works with them again. Yeah, right? and, and and from there they do the, the Joss Whedon few stories, and yes. and they just never were able to get it together. With the X Men specifically, you're also linking something. You're also like linking something in my mind to me. Is it? Is it? Is it tropey now for prolific writers to take in the X Men and create like a humongous event that kills a bunch of people? <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. Genosha, right? <laughs> like Genosha, like everybody who every all the definitive stories you hear is just like this big wiping out of mass mutants at one point. Genosha, um, the yeah. cure. And now this, next. and now this decimation, extinction. Uh, what is it? Extinction event or something like yeah. that? Decimation. Yeah, Dec- yeah. So yeah. it's like there's it. Yeah, they were they were public enemy number one for some for some reason. I think they really didn't know where they were gonna fit those people there. That's horrible. I hate the story. I hate the. I hate that the the, the uh, implications of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do like. And we'll get into it, but I do like the idea of the Messiah complex, I believe, which is the the Hope Summers yes. of it all. Like oh, I like man, I, I like that idea. I like the that idea of like um, there's none, there's none. Oh my God, there's one. You know, we See, and we, I, then the race to go get him. <laughs> that's hope. That's literal hope in existence, right there. The fact that we thought there was none and there is one. I I, I um I was gonna say I know a lot of people. Um, might hate everything that comes after House of M for the X Men, but I yeah. because maybe this is because this is where I jumped into comics. Like this was my original era of comics. This stuff yeah. that's all becoming movies now. Like all that Hope Summer stuff, the Cable, um, the X Force, uh, yeah. the the other stories that came up on the other side of that, and then Avengers versus X Men. I thought those were all so good. I mean, Black and you talking about Black and Gray X Force, right? Yes, the original X Force. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, real good stuff. No, I, mean, I mean, not the original X Force because you know I'm talking. You're talking for Cable and Rob Liefeld. I'm talking about my original X Force. Right, right, right. The one that looked like a team. The one that looked yeah. like a team altogether. <laughs> yeah, they, and they did some pretty messed the up kill things. squad. The Kill yeah. Squad. They were the X Men Kill Squad. That was so yeah. cool that they yeah. had one. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of these characters start getting painted with in different colors and. They're not necessarily black and white heroes and villains. Um, I think playing around with Wanda in this way uh, is a bit of the start to that. And it, it, it's cool what ends up coming out of it. Um, what, just to get back on Disassembled real quick. One of the things that I found was the, was the most genius yet probably low stakes thing of it all was like discrediting Tony by making him look like a drunk. Like that's such a little right. Like they didn't. They, she could have rigged Avengers Mansion to kill everyone, you know, or rigged his suit to just like stop working and suffocate him and kill him. But no, nothing's worse than embarrassing him in front of everyone and getting him, you know, basically removed from his seat of power in the government. Um, and not only that, but the the heartbreak on his face when he realizes that not even anyone on his team kind of believes him in this sense. It's like it's like. It's like uh, because he's the smartest person on the team, the way to defeat him is psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. And he That's is awesome. emotional. Tony's emotional. You know? So it's like he, he he acts like he's in a suit of armor, but 
Wanda knows how to get it, get at them all. And it's because she's become this threat that we get to House of M. So uh, we are going to get into our uh, conversation of House of M, do a little bit of a recap and review, stopping at points that we think are interesting. Uh, so let's get this started. So our story begins with life being brought into this world, or so we think. The pages show Wanda Maximoff giving birth to beautiful twins while all the people close to her, including her now dead vision, uh, watch this miracle take place. This idyllic scene is interrupted by the voice of Charles Xavier, who demands that Wanda put things back to normal, reminding her that she never had and can never have children. Wanda argues back with him, but loses control of her illusion, and when faced with the true reality of her actions, begins to unravel as she remembers the lives she's taken. After he uses his powerful mind to subdue her, he meets with his old friend and Wanda's father, Magneto, and we see that the three of them are on Genosha. He tells Magnus his concerns, that her abuse of her mutant powers is tearing the fabric of reality in a way he can no longer stop. Magneto admits to his guilt in bringing his children into his war, and now has paid the ultimate price, a sacrifice for nothing. Um, so... One of the things that I think is interesting, we talk all the time, like especially with the movies, Magneto is such a charismatic and enigmatic character. Um, in this, he's almost paralyzed by, like, I don't know if it's grief or guilt or what. Like, he, the confidence is gone. The ability to know what to do next is gone. The leadership quality is gone. Um this pure failure that he's had in keeping his kids safe and I guess healthy is really weighing on him in a way that I did not expect. I like I those robes of, though. <laughs> part of that is the, um, is basic. I think is him accepting that he might have to kill his own daughter. Yeah. Not only like the guilt of having led up to this, but the guilt of everything having led up to him killing his own child. You know, you bring up an interesting point. He's incredibly pragmatic. So that thought would have come to his head after a while. And I think if he's smart enough to come up with that idea in his head, in his mind, it's only a matter of time before he has yep. to answer that question when it comes up. And you can see the desperation in Charles. Like he's bleeding. Like he's having nosebleeds. He can't. He has to psychically like drug her and subdue her every time she wilds out like this. And it's getting I feel worse like and Charles worse. Is, Charles is always pleading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like uh, Magnus, you know how many crazy women's heads I have to get into and do this? I can't. This is like my third appointment today. I got to go deal with Gene in about a half an hour. I don't understand why he doesn't just constantly have a box of tissues on him. That seems yeah. like an obvious thing. Yeah. He's like... Just uh, wheeling around with them in his nose. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so the next day. The Avengers, which this is, I like, in reading it in a vacuum was easier. Uh, these are like the people who still kind of consider themselves Avengers, right? Because at the end of Disassembled, they were basically disbanded, correct? Yeah. So yeah. this is just like who anyone who kind of well, had the patch? Well, I, actually, no. <laughs> I'm wrong. Okay. After Disassembled, what happens is. Uh, a group of heroes get together because they feel like there still has to be an Avengers no matter what. Okay. 
And uh, that's where you get the uh, Luke Cage, Spider Man, X Men. I mean Wolverine. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Iron Fist. Uh, I'm the new, the new the Avengers, no? Right? No, no, no. Those are the Mighty Avengers. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm. You're right. Those are the new Avengers, right? And right. then Iron Man decides. <clears throat> That's post Civil that, War, yeah. The Mighty Avengers, not not post Civil War. This is all pre pre House of M. Oh. Um, in in between Disassembled and House of M. Uh, so um, there's a. I'm, I'm telling you, that's an it's a. The like I said, Luke Cage creates the little underground Avengers, and then Iron Man creates his own money Avengers. <laughs> yes. and they're in and they're in the tower. So that's those are the Mighty Avengers. Yeah, there's two books written by Bendis that uh, you can read in between every single event that takes you through like a little highway. Yeah, it's awesome. I think a lot of that Luke Cage stuff, especially like the Luke Cage Spider Man uh, stuff, is was used in the um, Spider Man cartoon where you have a uh, tiger. What's that tiger lady called? Tiger. White tiger. tiger? Yeah, yeah, white tiger. Uh, it's the power power boy. It's like a, a younger yeah. version of him, uh, stuff like that. But um, so there, so there is there is a team. The, that's where that's why Spider Man's there. Yeah, um, it's two teams that are combined. I guess at that point, it's like a crossover of three different books. There was something so weird and eerie and kind of depressing about seeing the X Men and the Avengers meet up to handle the quote unquote Wanda situation. You know. Um, it's 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 like hearing a bunch of your friends. It's like an intervention. That's exactly what it felt like. Like I walked into an intervention. <laughs> where they're like we need to talk about the things that you've done and how you've hurt this family. Um, and so yeah, they're, they're sitting there and they're debating what they should do. And she's both a mutant and an Avenger, so they have the X Men and the Avengers there. And it's kind of worse than an intervention. It's like a. It's like a. Uh, it's like an intervention if you were going to decide whether or not we're going to f- kill the junkie afterwards. Right, an intervention <laughs> that you're that you're not included in. <laughs> we're going to kill. We're, gonna we're not. We're not even going to tell you any of this stuff. You should know. We're just going to go and handle you when all this is that's, said and done. That's nuts. Um, as a debate, Wanda's fate. Pietro Maximoff, aka Quicksilver, her brother, runs to Genosha to warn his father that they are planning to kill Wanda hoping that his father has a plan to save her, but he doesn't. A heartbroken Pietro reiterates that they're going to kill his sister, to which Magneto says, what will you have me do? Back at the meeting, Emma and Wolverine say Wanda needs to be put down, while characters like Captain America and Spider-Man say they need to find another way. Where do you sit on this debate, um, Mr. Yogi? I thought really hard about it. Because I, I I had a feeling you would ask me this question, <laughs> <laughs> and um, hey, honestly, I, I it's messed up, but I, I think we might have to kill her. We might have to it's kill her. Like, huh? Yeah, it's it's like it at a point like if if I do agree with Cap about waiting for Doctor Strange, like let's wait for every single possible option to be explored. But she's killed multiple people already, and. At what point is she going to kill more without being in control of herself? Yes, it's sad that she's yeah. not in control of herself. It really is sad. But if we can't get her in control of herself, what else can we do? And we're not talking about a situation in which let her get control of herself before she kills anyone. Like We're past that. 
She's not good. She's like, it's not coming back. You can see she can't even tell what's real and what's not anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's getting erratic. Do you think Emma and Wolverine are a bit tough in old. this situation? I, I think there's a, because they're people who've always had to be tough. They're always going to be tough. But it's good to yeah. have that perspective in the room because you should, it, it, um, your bias might get everyone killed. I think Emma more than anyone else is like, uh, remember when you thought I was a threat? And <laughs> yeah, yeah, would like <laughs> coming down on me. Like it should be that simple. Um, like, uh, that's what we deal with. And they're right about, yeah. uh, if Wanda does what she does, he, mutant and human relations are already as bad as they are. Like it yeah. can only get worse. Yeah. I love that it all comes down to basically asking the two most powerful men in their respective fields, um, Xavier and Doctor Strange, whether or not they have any ideas, and neither of them know a way to stop Wanda. So, uh, with most of the minds made up, they head to Genosha to confront her, and as the team heads to where Emma sensed Wanda, a bright light engulfs everything, and it all goes white. Suddenly, Peter Parker awakens in a new reality where he's married uh, to and has children with Gwen Stacy, who in his actual reality died some time ago. He isn't the only one whose reality changed. Steve Rogers got to live to be an old man. Wonder Man became famous. Emma Frost and Cyclops are a power couple. Doctor Strange became a psychologist. And then there's Wolverine. Uh, he wakes up next to a redheaded woman and then... Uh, who he then interrogates under threat of Snicked and finds <laughs> out <laughs> it's Mystique. Um, Mystique was down with the kink. She was like, you like redheads. You feel me? I'm more, I'm more um, interested in knowing how long that's been Wolverine's fantasy because yeah. everyone got exactly what they wanted. Right. Uh, is Spider-Man got to be a freaking pro wrestler who's married to Gwen Stacy. <laughs> uh, You're right. Because it's not and, like, it's not like, in getting what he wanted, he didn't get a redhead. He got somebody I, who can be a redhead. <laughs> he got Mystique. <laughs> like, that's a whole nother layer of, it's like, he doesn't even really want that person. He wants Mystique <laughs> nine, at, 9 out of 10 of the time, and then the rest of the time... Uh, if you can, please, <laughs> you know, turn into that redhead I like, which is, you know, I'm, I mean, we're not here to kink shame here on the main. I'm not going to kink shame anyone. I'm, 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 I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, it made me think, uh, about the possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think for majority, probably the first three issues, this is like Logan centric or from his point of view. What do you think about choosing him as the character? To uh, that knows everything. I didn't. Um, actually, I, I thought I, I thought it was it was interesting the way they uh, did. They ever explain it? Why he was? Uh, why why he was the one who woke up? No, you know it's you know it's weird. I my head canon prior to the reread was just the regeneration. That's um, what I said. That's exactly what I said. It's like the the regeneration. But did they right. ever say? No, they say something along the lines of his mind has been wiped too many times <laughs> or something like that. Like it's just been it like it's it's all been uh, wiped so many times that it doesn't it's just fractured. It doesn't get completely wiped clean anymore. It's <laughs> which that's that's almost a messier explanation than what we just came up with. 
<laughs> I feel like I'm going to just go with my explanation. Yeah, instead. I think it works well, bro. Uh, uh, healing factor. That's it. Um, Mystique seems to think her and Logan are in a relationship. Logan runs out of the room where he sees other mutants in paramilitary garb. And when he gets outside, he sees he's on top of a shield helicarrier. Only instead of shield branding everywhere, there's only an M. Suddenly, all of Logan's memories come flooding back. The Weapon X facility, the Dark Phoenix saga, and more recently, he remembers Xavier saying, we need to decide the fate of the Scarlet Witch, but he can't remember anything after that. He asks Mystique what they did last night and about Genosha, and she has no clue what he's talking about, but mentions Lord Magnus, which triggers Wolverine. He jumps off the helicarrier and lands in a mutant-loving New York City. Seemingly led by Lord Magnus Magneto himself. Where does the Magnus thing come from? Um, Eric Magnus. So that's his. So where's Eric Lyncher come from? I that guess that was. Uh, I, 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 he's got it's. There's been that's many names. <laughs> okay, Lyncher is okay. just the the latest one that stuck. I, I as as far as I remember. Right, but yeah, he used to be Eric Magnus at one point. You're saying. Yep. Okay. Uh, Wolverine commandeers a motorcycle and heads to Westchester to look for Xavier and his mansion, but he isn't there, and no one has ever heard of him. He then heads back to New York City and stops what used to be stops by what used to be Avengers Tower, but the Avengers aren't a thing. He's eventually confronted by the Red Guard, the pro mutant paramilitary outfit he was a part of in this reality, who are determined to bring him in and find out why he's acting crazy. Turns out he had a tracker in him, which is how they found him. He fights the guard and then flees, but is enveloped by Cloak and pops out in a dark room uh, in front of this reality's Luke Cage, who got cornrows, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> that was an interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Cage uh, makes Hawkeye shoot an arrow that removes Logan's tracker from his neck. The wait, action. Wait, because because it should be mentioned. Oh, the Hawkeye's alive. <laughs> Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Hawkeye killed. Thought Hawkeye thought he killed Wolverine. Yeah, he didn't, Cage, he, he didn't really care. <laughs> Luke Cage did not want him to do that. He was like, no. "We just want to. We just want to talk to him." Right. And Hawkeye just was like, "I'm not taking any chances." And he just killed him. Yeah. At, at one point, it's debated. Um, like Wolverine's like, "If you don't know me, why did you bring me in?" Uh, he thought it was kind of like an altruistic thing. Like they kind of knew him or had any, you know, a fleeting memory. Of their time in the Avengers, but it comes out that they thought that they had, uh, like you know, a prime member of the enemy military. Mm-hmm. You know, they thought they had a member of the Red Guard, so they were gonna either kill him or hostage him or something. But it was never gonna end well for Logan uh, unless he could explain himself, which he ends up doing. But yeah, seeing Hawkeye alive, and he's not gonna be too happy when he finds out what happened to him. Um, but yeah, he yeah, Wolverine does. What, does he die for a little bit? He passes out? Yeah, he passes out because it, it's bad. But yeah. they they definitely were like, Hawkeye, what the... F- what, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it should be mentioned that Hawkeye's House of M costume is sick. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. And also, with this with this mutant-loving uh, society, they are not treating regular humans all that well. Um, Racism uh, is always... A thing, I guess. Yeah, it just goes to the other side now. So instead of the muties, they're always talking about the sapiens. So um, now my question is, if Wanda's reality is full of um, everyone's wants 
in fantasies, uh, or at least the people that they use Charles Xavier to get into their mind, man, who exactly wanted the racism? Yeah, I guess Magneto. <laughs> Maybe Magneto. I guess Magneto. Like that's all I could think about is that they she did this so he wouldn't get too crazy. She's but like, um, yeah, that's good. it's it, it's weird. Like not to get too meta into this, but obviously, awesome. like <laughs> people talk about the pursuit of happiness. Um, you know, everyone's entitled to the pursuit of happiness and getting what they want out of life, so long as it doesn't uh, interfere with the other, like other people's freedoms or security and stuff like that. So it's hard for everyone to get what they want with it to link up the way you know to the idea of heaven. How can heaven be perfect if everyone gets what they want specifically? Um, but I think in this case, it was about covering Magnus first and then everybody else. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Yeah, creating the pro-mutant world and then um, giving everybody a slice of their own pie. Um, the favorite flavor, if you will. Uh, he they, they shot the tracker. Uh, oh, yeah. The Red Guard, uh, Red Guard Sentinels show up anyway because even though they shot it out of him, um, it was still there, <laughs> the tracker. So yes. <laughs> that's one of the funny things. He's like, um, you probably should have took the tracker out of If you knew I had a tracker, you probably should have took it out of me before then. It was like, uh, I didn't really shoot you because you had a tracker. <laughs> so they, um, because the Sentinels arrive, Cloak does his best to evacuate as many of these heroes as he could, but he can't save everyone. And you could tell Cage feels very lost um, with all this. Uh, he demands Wolverine's side of the story, and Logan explains that up until two days ago, he was a he was both an X Men and an Avenger, two things that no one knows about in this world. He uh, where he came from, mutants were a minority, and the X Men represented them as they fought against people like Magneto. The day before yesterday, they were set to take out Wanda after she killed a lot of good people. When they went to confront her, the world went white, and they woke up in this new mutant utopia. Logan also tells Hawkeye that Scarlet Witch killed him in their reality. By the way, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, Logan also asks if they believe him, and Cage says, yeah. Uh, and he says, why? And he says, because a little girl named Layla has showed up a day ago and repeated his story word for word, which is strange because her and Logan never met. Bum, bum, bum. Layla Miller. What, what becomes of Layla Miller? Do you know? Yeah, she. Yeah, she. Uh, oh man, her story is so interesting. It, does she go to the future too? Is that the one? Is that? Is yeah, she that's her. That? That's her. She goes. Okay, okay, uh, okay, okay. X Factor. She goes. So she ah, basically. She, I read she a multi. Um, uh, I read a multi man. Is it? Magics. No, what's his Mag- name? Jamie. Uh, multiple man. Multiple man. There's a multiple man story. Did he marry her? Yeah, basically, but it's 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 not as weird as you making it sound now. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, she's a child in this. <laughs> she's a little girl, and, and she goes this, right? through so much. But you have to read X Factor for that. She goes right. to the future. She comes back with the M on her face. It's, yes. it's all types of madness. But they set that up pretty well here. Okay, like, um, what is she? Like, what yes, is she? and she just popped up. Uh, mm-hmm. So Logan speaks to this girl who remembers the events before Wanda changed reality and realizes that Magneto must have made his daughter use her reality warping powers to give everyone what they wanted so he could have what he wanted. Um, Magneto could. Mutants as the dominant race. Um, They go seek help from Emma and Cyclops and Emma reads Layla's mind instantly realizing 
what has happened and is disgusted, vowing to take Mag- Magnus down. What do you uh, think about this kind of plot point being slightly either pointed to or maybe it was an homage uh, in WandaVision with Vision being able to like tap people touch, in and out? Touch people in and out. Yeah, I thought... um. Uh, I thought it was a really easy way to move everything along pretty fast. It was it was fun, yeah. honestly, not to have to struggle. Like, oh no, we're in Emma's house. Like now we have to fight her for eighteen pages. Like it was like boom, here we're awake. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's awake. <laughs> the the Logan the the Logan lost in the world thing is like two issues. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like reading. I was like, I remember this getting to everyone else a lot quicker. But once we get once once this picks up, you know, when um Emma and then Wolverine says they're gonna need reinforcements, Cyclops shows up, uh, and they unlock his powers and like I think he vomits. <laughs> he, threw, he threw up. And uh they, they I love how everyone just assumes Magneto immediately. His yeah. name is on the damn flags. Yeah. Oh what's him. what's her face was pissed. Emma? Oh my god! She was like House of Magnus, a motherfucking (laughs) Magnus. Oh, she's gonna die. And the thing is, like, one of the like she always had a bone to pick from the beginning. Like I said, you know, she probably didn't like Magneto from the day they met, and um, now his daughter's acting up. I could totally see her being against all that. Um, so I get the like her being like, okay, you know, it's over. But, like, later on, one of the heroes is like, we're going to kill them. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, that got quick. That, you got there quick. And that's when they realize um, that they need to get Peter Parker on board. Oh, man. That was and we, horrible. And we get one of our the saddest parts of this story. Because no one wants to be the one to tell him and rip him from his perfect life uh, that he was never able to have. Gwen Stacy's there. Uncle Ben is there. Aunt May's there, and they have a child. I think the kid's called Richie. Um, and like they're in a park. He has a bad haircut, you know. In this, I guess not everything's perfect in this. In this, I feel like, but he doesn't know that they saved him from a from a uh, from a horrible fate. Yeah. Uh, you you said you read. The Spider-Man tie-in, I think now will be the time to talk about it because it, it, I feel like after this point, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I was a bit confused with the tie-ins. So this, the tie-ins exist as if the universe that no one ever woke up. Is that how that goes? Or That's the way it seemed to me. It's always seemed to me. It's the only way that it's ever made sense to me. Right, which is, <laughs> what, which is why I... In a bad comparison, like in, a, in an easy black and white comparison, compared it to Flashpoint, because those tie-ins exist in that universe as is. Like I, they don't necessarily march to the events in the yeah in the main story. Um, yeah, I, I could see how that would be annoying if someone was like buying week to week and right they didn't know. <laughs> but but this thing is like in in this world he is he has a business he's in movies he's a pro wrestler extre- extremely famous he's with Gwen Stacy um what's his face is like his uh puppy dog uh, Jay Jonah yeah it's <laughs> like his puppy dog it's like always you know he loves him um but ultimately there is uh, his diary gets found 
um, and in it amongst a bunch of other really embarrassing things is the truth that he was that he is a mutant that has his powers after a, a science experiment got, has gone wrong, whereas people at up until this point had thought he was a mutant, which is why he got as far as he did. Um, real, and I don't know if I'm going to say this right, real Rachel Dolezal vibes? Do you remember that lady? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know if, I don't remember her name, uh, but I don't know if that was it either. <laughs> right, right. It's like Dolezal or Dolezal or something. Something, but uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, like, she really, really, um, really <laughs> cashing in there on, on, on identifying yourself as a minority, uh, Pete. But people are not happy when it comes out uh, that he isn't. And the, the basically, like, they figure out the only way to end the world's hatred of Spider-Man and, and just the target on the back of, of all this and just mutant and human relations. That the, the best way to handle all this is to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and they do so by having Uncle Ben film or sorry take a picture of um spider-man hung under under a bridge and i actually thought like because they're like do you have one last thing you could do (laughs) or whatever and uh yeah not not happy for pete in that situation really really never he never gets a happy ending unfortunately Really, really bleak he threatens jay jonah though he says, I'll come back if, uh, yeah, I'll better stop talking. No, he threatens Magneto. He says, um, you know, yeah, I better keep things between human, mutants and humans all right, or else Spider-Man will show back up. So he fakes his death for that, for that thing there. It's Rachel Dolezal. Oh, there you go. And it turns out, uh, she was married from 2000 to 2005. When House of M came up. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> she So now we know the story. She read House of M and she Inspired. immediately abandoned her life. Inspired. Like, I know what I'm going to do from now on. I know oh who I God. am. Well, she was only president of that chapter for a year. Uh, that, was a lot, that, was a lot, that was a lot of hoopla about that. But anyway. Um, I... I I sometimes think that Logan is the coolest person in the room. I know he's written that way a lot of times. I like his verbiage. I like his, well, no one else is going to do it attitude. And it comes here when people don't know who's going to tell Peter. He's like, I'll I'll fucking do it. Like, you know what? Like, it's got to happen. I'll do it. Uh, So he tells Peter and, or Peter gets awoken to uh, his old memories and has an emotional response to seeing the truth and runs away to deal with its impact. Uh, returning after a few moments to declare it's on site for Magneto and his family. <laughs> he actually so used angry. the words, he's going to kill his kids, which was like, <laughs> all right there, Pete. Like you were the one, you were the one in the mansion talking about like, Hey, if I were to go, go crazy and my powers were to go crazy, I'm y'all just going to kill me. And Wolverine's like, yeah. And if my powers go crazy, I hope y'all going to kill me too. You see, I can, I, I'm, it, I can agree, I can understand Peter's pain though, because God, that is insane. That yeah. is, that is so horrible to get that kind of life ripped not, away from you again. Not only that, but like, 
with when with some of these um bigger reveals when i say reveals i mean like revealing their past lives to them um we there's like a montage of their greatest moments on a page um and some some of them are good or some of them are bad spider-mans are like almost exclusively bad <laughs> Like, all his memories are almost exclusively bad. They're almost exclusively, you know, heartache and death and failure. And we we are, we can commend Spider-Man for always being able to get up no matter what he's facing or the, you know, the trauma. Um, but in this moment, because of everything he, this is, and this is a debate somebody has. I don't know if I wrote it down, but. At this point, does he not deserve that? Does he not deserve like, that world? But again, it's not real, right? So I feel like everybody deserves happiness, but it's coming at the expense of other people. Yes. So yes, it it's is. not, you can't, it's not, it's wrong. Right. It's <laughs> wrong, Wanda. You hear that? Turn it off. <laughs> you hear you that? Have to turn it off. You're a villain if you keep doing that. That, call, that makes you the Scarlet Witch. it's chaos magic wanda um they recruit more heroes and have a meeting but it's interrupted by the arrival of the red guard who try to arrest them rogue tries to apprehend layla and in doing so gets her memories restored alongside the rest of the team they decide they must find magneto as they believe him to be behind all this we see a majestic magneto kneel in front of a memorial to charles were you on the red herring of Magneto being the cause of all this? Like, were you like, were you buying into it? There was a moment where the uh, the grandkid comes and he goes, Look, Grandpa, look what I made. And he says, I made it with my mind. <laughs> and Magneto just looks at him like, Right. This is, this is disgusting. This is not, yeah. And I thought, that's interesting. And it stuck with me. So I could never really latch on to it being him because of that. They put so much emphasis on that kid's face. It was so funny. Yeah. With my mind. I think I think I think another thing is you like if it's a Magneto story, he's usually plotting. You know, like or plotting or celebrating. He just kind of feels like he's going through the motions in this comic. Like he does it, like he's just one of the many players. He's not so, the one orchestrating this and going like, and next, oh, oh, they, they're waking up. I need to do. I need to do a plan, a next plan of attack. Like he doesn't even yeah. know what's going on. Did you read the newspaper that Logan read? Uh, oh, I think I think I did, but I, it's escaped me. This is all the stuff with like Simon Williams and stuff. No, well that too, but that stuff mattered less than this. Right, right, about- right, right, right. The story about Magneto. What what's what's his story? Because that gives you the um that gives you the entire history of the House of M and how the mutants came into power. Oh, there's an actual like a timeline as to yeah. events as to what yeah, changed. Yeah, it's in the newspaper. Uh so Four. basically for uh in the nineteen forties, you know, Magneto comes out and they <laughs> the newspaper says they gave him the mocking name of Magneto. And huh. and uh, so eventually he exposes the government for its anti mutants. Like he exposes multiple world governments for their anti mutant conspiracies, ah. and becomes a hero to the people. 
and then he becomes a ruler of he becomes like a political ruler and then mutant kind begins to overtake uh regular people because there's nobody to stop it from happening right so this is a magneto who's lived in that world and thinks that he's gone through all this stuff that's why i'm like why is he so uh why is he so disgusted there's absolutely no reason for it another thing is don't they say that wanda's a human yeah, they say she's got no. They 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 say, uh, you know, the house of Magnus. He lives with the three kids. Uh, yeah, Lor- Lorna, Pietro, and Wanda. Wanda's the one with no powers. Right, and that's like, uh, that's not how I remember it. That's weird. Yeah, that's a little. That's a little weird there. Um, later, delegates delegates arrive to pay tribute to the house of Magnus, including King T'Challa, Victor Von Doom, Namor of Atlantis, and the Kree. They all meet in their ceremonial garb when suddenly a sentinel comes crashing towards them, which Magneto stops with his powers. Suddenly, Wolverine and the cavalry arrive, and they begin to do battle. Cloak takes Emma and Layla to the Xavier Memorial to find out more about Xavier's disappearance, and Cloak tells them that there is no body in the grave. As the battle rages on, Doctor Strange notices a light in the castle of Magnus is on, and goes to investigate using his astral form. Uh, when he gets there, we can see, he can see Wanda inside playing with her children. Astro Strange and Wanda have a heart-to-heart where Strange tries to get Wanda to admit to creating this reality and uh, Layla so that they could stop Magneto's plan, but she says she doesn't know who that is. Strange explains that he is concerned about the fighting outside and Wanda remarks that the purpose of all this is so that there wouldn't be any more fighting. Strange continues to try to get Wanda to admit Magneto put her up to this, but she keeps using the word he in a vague manner. Uh, I can see all this also um, in the MCU, by the way. Like, I could totally see Doctor Strange having to come by. And now we have Astral Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they they could be teeing all this up for something. Or it could all be Ralph Boner. You know, it's, it's one or the other. Most most days. We get a flashback to the moment Pietro came to warn his father of the fate of Wanda. We see what happened after where after where Wanda overhears their argument and is resigned to her fate, feeling she deserves what is to come next. Pietro sits with her and blames Magneto and his war for their inability to become um, a normal family, to which Wanda replies, she would have liked that and would do anything to make that happen. Suddenly, Quicksilver realizes that Wanda can make this happen. Using Xavier as a conduit, Wanda can remake the world, giving everyone, including her family, what they deserve. They could all be happy and finally be a family. Wanda is reluctant, but Pedro coaxes her on, saying this is what she was meant to do, and if she doesn't, they will kill her. The reveal that Pedro was behind this shocks Strange, and when he asks Emma if she's listening... Emma tells Strange to ask where Xavier is now. But before he can, Wanda is shot by Hawkeye with an arrow. My man got all the way in the castle. He did. You know what I'm saying? Like, you talk about motivated. They got there and he went straight for her. Because uh, he has no super speed. My man was on foot, climbing climbing rocks and all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm not even sure how he got there, honestly. He didn't come on a jet. That's what That's what I'm saying. Like... Uh, he was motivated. Um, back at the tower, 
Oh no, Magneto confronts Emma and Layla at the memorial, but Layla restores his memories. Back at the tower, Scarlet Witch seems unfazed by the arrow and breaks it down at the atomic level. She demands to know why Hawkeye tried to kill her, and he shows up saying because he killed him first. She killed him he's first. Crying. He's crying. It should be mentioned he's really sad about it. Like, it's not yeah. like he's, like, doing it, like, out of revenge. He's more, he's like, I, 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 I didn't even think the arrow would kill you. I just thought maybe it'll snap you out of this. <laughs> yeah, watching it, I really like the effect, and I don't know if it, if it had ever been done up until this point, but, like, the building block effect, that yeah, like the literal building blocks of human like creation, are at, at her um at her disposal. I think that effect looks really cool. Like watching the arrow just dissipate, yeah, um, was really cool. Um, obviously they played around with this a little bit in Wandavision, and uh, it was cool to see like when Vision and the kids were dissipating. It was kind of the same way in yep. chunks and blocks. Um, and the, our very first introduction of Wanda is her playing with blocks um, in the post credit scene for Age of Ultron. Or Captain America, I think. One of those. One of those. Uh, one films. of those. One of those films. Um, Hawk, her and Hawkeye get into an argument and in a heated debate. And in the heated debate, one of the children tells Hawkeye to shut up. Suddenly, Hawkeye starts to break down at the molecular level and disappears as an overwhelmed Wanda confesses that she doesn't know how that happened and she didn't mean it. She can't control it. Not great. That's why you gotta kill her. That's why you gotta kill her. Back outside, Magneto is pissed. Now knowing that Petro has caused all of this, he demands to know what his son has done in his name. Upset that he was used to use his, ma- his magnetic powers to crush and kill his son under a mountain of metal debris. Suddenly, you hear a booming, no, as Wanda arrives at the scene. Uh, removing her father's mouth. I I was reading that and I was like, did she do that? No, she totally did that. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah she, I didn't remember that either. I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah, she totally did. He was like, Wanda. And she's like, huh? Get this and out of here. They, and you know, it looks like they kind of made him draw half the face because they're like, that's um, that's a little much. So kind of obscure yeah. that. Yeah, it's horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying. Um, she, exp- oh, she removes her father's mouth and kneels by her dying brother. She explains that Petro wanted everyone to be happy. She rallies against her father's beliefs that the mutants are the superior race, blaming his one-man war. For all the horrors in their lives. She says mutants aren't the next step in the evolutionary chain. They're not gods. They're freaks. She says Magneto sacrifices. Magneto's sacrifices in the ongoing conflict between mutants and mankind have gone on long enough. What I thought was really cool upon rewatch is that Emma begins to feel something in the air. She, before anything even gets said, she goes, oh no. And I was like, what? Oh no, what? Wait. Emma, what you know? What's going on? Give me the spoilers. Uh, and with pure clarity in her mind and a single tear down her cheek, Wanda says the three of the most famous words uttered in succession in Marvel Comics history. To me, my I mean, no more mutants. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, the world turns white again. Peter wakes up in his normal life and meets up with the Avengers. Uh, turns out, only the ones present at the siege of the House of Magnus can remember 
the events that happened uh, in House of M. So everyone that was actually going and fighting uh, remembers because Emma was able to use her powers to protect their minds. Doctor Strange as well. They showed him hit some oh, yes. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Runes, Wanda. Uh, every, everyone else just remembers going to Genosha um, to stop Wanda, but nothing else. Other people don't remember anything. Yes. Uh, Emma Frost wakes up in a panic when Kitty Pride calls out to her. Numerous of the students in Xavier's school have lost their powers. Using Cerebra, Emma is able to determine that Wanda saying no more mutants has rewritten their reality. Using her powers, Wanda reduced the mutant population down to a few hundred, as most mutants were depowered and some others were killed as a result of losing their powers. So that was the biggest thing for me, was like the amphibian mutant, you know? <laughs> Who loses their powers and can't breathe. Or, you know, the the winged mutant who loses their powers mid-flight and dies. Like, not only do you have a decimation because of the amount of people who lost their powers, but people died as a result of losing their powers. Some people like uh, um, Deadpool, right, only live because they have their powers. If it wasn't for Deadpool's re- uh, uh, regeneration, that cancer would have killed him. Uh, so you could imagine what happens as a result of this. I think maybe, maybe, and I'm not, I don't know this for sure, but if everyone just woke up, like if House of M was yesterday and today's a new day, maybe the kids woke up in their beds. Yeah, but there's a scene of them passed out on, <laughs> in the oh, foyer man. of the of That's the mansion. Right. You're right. They're on. The, uh, they're they're all over the place too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like literally passed out all over the mansion. And Bob Bobby comes out and he's hot. Yes. Yeah. No more ice, man. Um, and I also read a thing. I read his continuation actually because he becomes like a weird spiky ice ice guy. Um, turns out. Bobby always had his powers, as uh, from what I read, and um, in the fear of losing his powers, subconsciously turned them off, which I guess is an Omega. That makes thing, sense, probably. But uh, so he strong. got scared that he would lose them, so he he turned them off subconsciously, and then eventually Emma was able to like prick at his brain and turn it on, or loosen something, and it come came back, but it came back way too volatile. So like he, whenever he would turn into an ice man, and he would have spikes uh, sticking out of him, and he'd be all crazy. Uh, but 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 in total, we are told later in later comics that nine hundred and eighty six thousand six hundred and eighteen mutants were either depowered or killed by the decimation. That's um, horrible. One of the things in the decimation, which is the you know what happens to the X Men after this, uh, they called this. Um, no more mutants event the decimation is that uh Emma's like, hey, remember when I was when I told you like ninety percent of the of the mutant population lost their powers? That actually was a conservative um guess. It's way more than that. We went from being in the millions to the hundreds. Um which like like again such a such a decimation of a species, such a almost a, a mutant genocide. Um, but does the lack of action on behalf of anyone who's not a mutant 
show how little mutants matter in the grand scheme of the Marvel Universe? Or at least at the, in 2005? They show it on the news <laughs> in yeah. the story. Yeah. That it would be seen as a problem being taken care of. Madness, bro. <laughs> Madness. Kick them while they're down. That's uh, horrible. Emma also says that they don't know the whereabouts of Charles Xavier, Petro, or Wanda Maximoff. The X-Men find Magneto wandering, and it turns out his powers were removed too. They interrogate him about the whereabouts of his children, but he truthfully tells them he has no idea where they are. Instead of killing him, the X-Men leave Magneto uh, to live his homo sapien life uh-huh. in the most slurred way they can say it. A fate worse than death to the master of magnetism. Elsewhere, we see Wanda Maximoff shopping at a bazaar in an unknown location, proving that the Scarlet Witch is still out there. So that's basically House of M, but I wanted to talk uh, about a couple of things um, at, that spin out because of this um, and where they could eventually use some of these blocks to get to Wanda. Now, it seems almost it seems almost fruitless to to speculate, right, <laughs> with the MCU at this point. We've talked about this last week, but I think that's that's some of the fun. Um what, if any, do you see uh, being used in this, in the MCU? Well, it, you know, the MCU, they instead of use, instead of adapting stories, they take the idea of the story and they use it. So yeah. WandaVision kind of feels like the idea of House of M was done. You know, like, I feel like that might be, it, and the last things that might be left are, like, the final confrontations and you deciding did, you just, the fate. You, you just did an Emma Frost thing to me. You just unlocked something in my mind. Because mm-hmm. um, another thing that I didn't pay too much attention to until the rewatch of WandaVision is that the vision that was in that was part human, part whatever, synthesoid? Yeah. Because she says he's of blood and wires. He's a creation of hers. Of blood and wires, of like other stuff. Um, so in in actuality, we were getting a bit of that Tom King's vision too. Of like, what is humanity? What is life? What am I supposed to do? Um, so we got, we got them reaching through the source material for those uh, two there. Do you see the intervention happening per se do you see is there people around that can have an intervention who's who's around to handle this wanda situation um, i don't know that she has too many connections the way this one does right to, to tell that kind of story but i can see them uh trying to figure out what to do with her because she has done it has to come next dr strange has to figure out what to do now because yeah. his it's his job to figure but out But does he what tell the others? Then. And what others in your opinion do you believe he owes it to to tell? Because I think I, don't know that I would go with Cap. But Cap is Hawkeye, Cap is gone, a- right? Like Cap would be my guy cuz he's seemingly the leader of the team. So I'd be like, "Hey, uh by the way, Wanda, you know, we got to figure that out." But with Cap out right now and the team seemingly made up of just people who kind of know each other, I wonder who you do go to. Who who would want to know about this? Who would want to be in on this decision? 
You know, I was I would think maybe Hawkeye, but then he's they got it their own show thing to do, and I don't know if he fits in a cameo situation over here. <laughs> yeah, but he's got the connection. He spoke her into he talked her into being an Avenger, and then he was with her at the uh, funeral. Yeah, yep. He's like, I see you on Disney Plus. We all <laughs> heading. We all heading over there. We're all headed over there. We should. Probably be headed to therapy, but it's not how heroes <laughs> step, do things. One step, one step at a time. I, I, I was theorizing. You know, I, and I don't, I don't mind theorizing because I don't mind being wrong. Uh, but that possibly, either once she becomes a threat, either Wanda will open up the multiverse and hide or run through the multi or something like, uh, try to hide in the multiverse. Because we're getting a multiverse thing, and Wanda will be a part of it. But we're also getting ties to Spider-Man. So I'm of two minds. Either they're going to search the multiverse for her as she searches the multiverse for her children. Again, it could be completely wrong. Or when they do her intervention and decide they want to kill her, she's going to put them in different places. (laughs) She's going to put them in different, different, or at least Spider-Man, on a different Earth. And it's going to be like, well... Now you can go play with Venom and Morbius and all those people on their side because this Spider-Man that we're getting, Spider-Man No Way Home, is the last of Tom Holland in the MCU. Seemingly. Unless they come up with a new, you know, contract or they, whatever. They will. There's think so? That, there's money there. It's not going <laughs> to... But you do don't think, you don't think they're, they're writing him a back a backdoor? I think they are. I think, I think, I think they absolutely are going to end the movie in a way that... We would never have to see him again, <laughs> but um, I there's money on the table. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. let's be honest here. Yeah, yeah. Do you think uh, WandaVision suffers at all f- for not having Magneto in it? No, I think it's no? fine. I think it told the story pretty well. I think it, it, like I said, this MCU Wanda doesn't have that many familial connections, so you can't really tell that kind of story, but. It almost Pixel works. It's dead. almost bleaker yeah. for that reason, right? Yeah, it's even worse because you can't even really. There's not really moments you can point to and be like, "Oh, she was happy then," <laughs> you know, <laughs> or she was she was good. Like, uh, you compound her history into ten years, um, and no friends basically besides Vision, uh, and you really, you really get to see what ends up happening as a result of that. Um, I read. What I think is the next Avengers. Oh, one of my favorite uh, things to come upon or come out of this is the fact that they feel like they need to do the Uncanny Avengers. Uh, that's many. When does that happen? Like this happens almost um, not almost immediately after, but remember this is to uh, help the mutant, the mutant uh, people relations. Remember. This is, uh, yeah, no, for sure. But I think this is, this is like years later. This is like after Avengers versus X-Men. Cause after this, Wanda, cause the story leaves Wanda in the forest, right? And, uh, yes. after this, we get the, we get the, we get the young Avengers and then we get the, uh, Civil War. <laughs> and then there is not enough mutants to make an uncanny Avengers. There's no, the, 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 the mutants have to start coming back before we can get uncanny Avengers. A lot of you're, people got to get their powers back. You're right. So, you know what it was? 
You know why? You know why I'm thinking of Uncanny Avengers because in that story, Rogue had major beef with Scarlet Witch. Over this, they still have beef with Scarlet Witch in yeah. Hickman's X Men. They won't let her on Krakoa. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she's not I, allowed. She's a pretender. Oh, she's wow. A, she's a demon. She's, oh, wow. She's, she's not persona non grata on Krakoa. No way. She's That's a interesting. She's she's a. They tell stories about it to the kids. Like, oh my god, like the boogeyman? She is the boogeyman. Look what she did. I mean, you're right. 100%. Um, but seeing, like, seeing that that was still a fire to be stoked, I thought it was very interesting. Um, that Rogue was so upset about this. What happens with Charles in this? This is, the, the, is this when we get the whole Red Skull of no, it all? No, no, right? That's a long time later. That's uh, years later. I think Charles right now is on his own. He 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 disappeared because he wanted to. Yes. Not during yeah. the House of M, but after. Right, right, right. Yeah. Hawkeye's alive again, thanks to Wanda. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, there were a bunch of those changes. Let me see if I can find any here. But um. Yeah, this this ends up becoming, like I said, <clears throat> is the domino effect of this story. Uh, would like would you say in modern times? Because this is like I said, sixteen years ago. So let's just do a full twenty. In the last twenty years is this the low to the um, House of X high? Uh, no, no, I think. Uh... I think uh, I want to say it got real bad when they did all new X Men. Ah, <laughs> when they killed Cyclops. They got rid of Cyclops and they killed Professor X. And then bro, they did. Like, they did the most. What? They did the most. What I thought was the most hacky thing I had seen in comics at the time, which was we're just gonna go back in time. And steal the <laughs> steal the OG versions of the X Men because those are the ones that you guys remember and they're still perfect and nothing bad has happened to them and we're just gonna bring them into the future. Like instead of making a new team, instead of establishing new people, instead of getting our characters back in positions where we recognize them, um, no, we're just gonna go back in time to the '60s and just steal them and put them in this main timeline. Very weird to me. Very weird. Um. But, yeah, so some of the consequences of this was uh, there was a temporary disappearance of Charles Xavier. He ends up showing up in X-Men Deadly Genesis without his powers. Um, Wolverine's total recall of his past. He remembers everything now. Oh, that's um, right. You get the Wolverine Origins. Yes. Uh, which then led to one of the greatest films of all time. Oh, God. Bone claws, bro. Bone claws. Um, Listen, the bone claws are fine. I don't mind those. Or what am I? I mind the freaking movie. I think they look weird. I get it, but I mean the the, the idea that he was a mutant who could do the thing already. You a bone claw man, or you a are you a hot claw man, bro? It's one or the other. No way, hot claw is ridiculous. You don't know hot claw. Hot claw, we're kind of right. We're, we're we're taking care of our people now, bro. You can make no a more. s'more in one in one go. You can skewer and cook a s'more. It's ridiculous. Instant, instant, instant hit out of the campfire. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it says it says though not explicitly expressed in the House of M series, as of as of New Avengers twenty six, Clint Barton has been revived, as you said. 
Jim Jaspers was brought back to life and fused with the Fury. I'm not sure what any of that means. The Shadow King was able to return to this reality with Shadow X when Wanda shifted reality. The rebirth of Onslaught. That's great. Um, the disappearance of Megan and return of Captain Britain to the United Kingdom as a result of preventing the destruction of all realities from the strain of the House of M rewriting the 616 reality uh yeah it looks like that's about it there and then uh in 2008 brian michael bendis indicated that the events of house of m will play into secret invasion um which everyone is saying is going to be the next thing we're dealing with anyway right but i'm so discouraged by secret invasion being a a Disney Plus show. Yeah, and the characters that they're saying are going to star in it, that will make it seem like it's very high stakes. Right. So, uh, like, it's so weird. But then again, to make one uh, House of M or Decimation or any of those things a Disney Plus series, like like you said, it's it's about taking the feelings of the series and mm. trying to get there anyway on their own map. Um, so... We'll see what they do to lead up to this. I don't think there's nothing that they're going to do in Secret Invasion that can match the freaking army of super scrolls. The paranoia. Made of uh, all those different heroes. That, that, Jar- so cool. that Jarvis review was, was wild. I mean, the stuff, the stuff the, that kind of stuff, like the people, the, the different people, like H- H- Hank having been a scroll all this time, or yeah. Jessica Drew having been the um, scroll queen Electra. the entire time. Electra is the first one uh, outed when she dies. Which is the, uh, she, the reason, which I guess the, that means that the reason Jessica Drew was the one to ask the questions on the ship in House of M is yeah. it's okay, should we change it? It's because she was a scroll at the time. Ah, uh-huh. that makes sense. Yeah, that's that makes, the heck, I, but that's I like the that. only thing I can think of that ties into anything. Oh, and not and let it be mentioned also, scrolls are baby faces in the MCU. Yeah, I hope they change that. What do you see happening there? What do you is is the invasion a different race? Would they do that? <laughs> I guess. I mean. Are we ever gonna get the brood? No. Are we ever gonna get those big ass roaches? I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> if they do bugs, they have to do the annihilation, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think we can get there. People don't mind seeing bugs get killed. You can just, you can. I've seen um Starship Troopers. There's basically Starship Troopers. Just do, just, just do that with superpowers. And we I'm here to help. That's it. Uh, do you remember anything else prevalent from any of the tie-ins? Anything interesting? Not really. <laughs> no, right? That's all the same thing. Not really. Uh, so but- Hulk was in uh, Australia. He becomes like a like a, a do-gooder over there, getting rid of the anti. I was going to say, like, like I said earlier, it's just the tie-ins didn't affect the story or touch it at all. It was like the tie-ins were their own thing. If you wanted to know more, you can read this. And I didn't need to know anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I really like I really liked revisiting this story, and I, I. So we talk a lot about the voice, right? Like the idea that when we read some of these characters, the voice that they have 
and it's the voice of probably you know the most notable version of the character that you got and more so than me reading Scarlet Witch as Elizabeth Olsen it's really easy for me to put the actors in the roles in these comics now because the MCU has done such a great job like reading Decimation was heartbreaking to me because I'm imagining this in my in my Marvel universe you know and how horrific the, these events would be and when you when you do that because these are beloved characters when just when uh disassembled comes out you know these are beloved somebody loved the avengers prior to bendis getting on it all three of them and uh it should be heartbreaking and it should make you question whether or not you can see wanda the same way again and to keep her this this multiversal boogeyman i think is really really cool to make her a nexus being i think is really really cool um I like when they're able to put more stake in a character and make them mean more. And one of the things I was saying with uh, the person I was watching WandaVision with is that what's cool about this is now every time you see Wanda, even when you go back and watch Age of Ultron for the sake of it, all her stuff means more instantly. Everything that she does on the screen, everything that she says means more because you know her now. You know more about her now. And... um I think Bendis was really testing what you thought you knew about the X-Men and what they wanted and where Scarlet Witch fit in the grand scheme of things. And um, I think that starts off one of my favorite periods of Marvel Comics. So in doing the research and realizing that this was, like I said again, the domino, um, it was really fun to revisit. What do you think? Yeah, no, this, like I said before, this is my era. Like, this is where I came from. Like, this is my comics. Yeah. I love these comics. This is, this is, uh, I, I, to, to see what's coming from this, to see that they've adapted the ideas that they've, uh, not just the story ideas, but the way that the things were structured. Yeah. Into, into the movies that are coming and the shows that are coming. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be amazing. I can't wait. It totally is. And, you know, regardless of, um, the vision of MCU and Kevin Feige and, you know, whether or not it correlates with the vision of the comics. I trust them and I trust their vision. And I trust where they're going with this. They've, they haven't, they, they have a lot of rope to hang themselves with, but the goodwill that the MCU has produced, we've said it time and time again, is almost unmatched right now with, with a lot of other uh, properties. Um, so, I, I really dig that. And good faith and vision, that can only lead to one thing. And that's uh, a little bit of the preview of what we're going to be covering next week. Are you are you ready for this, Yogi? I'm not ready. Are I'm you, not ready. Are you? Are you? It's so close. <laughs> it's at so the close. Time, at the time of recording, where it's 48 hours away, less than. Is um, it coming out at midnight? I do not know. Oh my god! I, I work and I don't know how I'm gonna position this. I feel like I, I have to I've... come home, have a meal, everything set up. Um, That's important. You know. It's important. It's four hours. You gotta f- schedule this thing. Yeah, I missed Destination Television slash Destination Films. I missed the oh. world counting down to something to a thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared of that because so many people are counting down to. If you haven't figured it out by now, we're talking about the Snyder Cut. Oh yeah, we, I, buried, I buried the lead reel right under there. So, so many people 
are excited for it, but I'm like, this is a lot more people excited for it than I remember who were <laughs> excited after Batman v Superman was done. Yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah. I don't want you people to hate it afterwards, man. Right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm here. I'm, I'm freaking here for it. Funny enough, Justice League, the Justice League review that uh, we did as part of the Major Issues podcast, it's probably like the fifth episode or something, was one of our breakout episodes, like one of the first ones to get um, real traction amongst them all. I think people just, there's been a a mystery, a, a an aura around just the pure, around the ball dropping of the Justice League that it's been on the tip of people's tongues since 2017. For four years, we've all we've done is talk about the mistakes that were made, the possibility that a better version exists, and whether or not we would be able to get it. And, you know, as per fandom, we got that announcement, and now we are less than... Like, this This is the last half of a week that you will exist on this planet without the Snyder Cut. Oh, my God. I'm not... I That's, that's still crazy to think, like... I've been looking online and like kind of re, uh, re getting it reintroduced to the, the the story of how we got here because it's unbelievable. And never in film history has <laughs> have we done something like this. Like like you've released the Donner cut like twenty five years later, but like just a mere four years later, while the studio is still doing things, yeah, we're gonna re release this movie. Uh, it, it's crazy. It's honestly uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait. I hope it's I hope it's the Justice League. I I imagining it is. Yeah, and I think as somebody who has been vocal about how he feels about certain portrayals in the DCEU, the way that I'm looking at it, and the way that the reason why I'm able to you know um go into it with an more of an open mind is. The title. I think the title is absolutely perfect. My issue with the handling of the DCEU was that I felt like these characters shouldn't be the mainstream version of these characters to the worldwide audience. I think that that I honestly think that that was a failing. Um, But I'm not going to see what I perceive to be the mainstream Justice League in a couple days. I'm seeing Zack Snyder's Justice League in a couple days. I'm mm-hmm. seeing what visionary director Zack Snyder wanted to do with the most famous team in history. And considering what I saw in 2017 with the Justice League, um, I don't see how I how it could be anything worse. I was talking to a coworker about this because he was picking my brain about this. And he was like, you know, well, how do you feel about the whole thing? And I'm like... I think we all thought that one man's vision could be the absolute worst, but it's not. There's something even worse about phony, fake, corporate, you know, um, patching up of a film or a property or any of that stuff. There's something soulless about that. Like, the, the vision of Zach's may not be yours, but I don't think it's soulless. It has something to say. It has a point that it's trying to prove. Whether or not you agree with those things are different. But I like my art to be evocative, to say something. The worst part about Justice League is there's nothing to say about it. <laughs> there's nothing, right? You say, it's you a say yada yada the mustache. Action film. Yeah, you say yada yada mustache, yada yada Russian family. And that's it. 
No one talks about it. None, there's none to say about it. So like it or not, I fully believe we will have a lot of things to say about the uh, Snyder Cut. So much so that we will return next week to do so. So if you guys see it, uh, and to those who have seen it early, write in. Let us know what you think about it. Don't spoil anything, but let us know what you think about it. Um, and we will be here spilling our guts about it next week, which I am excited for. But um, I want to thank everybody for listening up up until this point here. Uh, thank you for listening to the Major Issues Podcast and helping us get bigger and better every day. Every episode of the Major Issues Podcast is available at comicbookclick.com. And that's where you can get our merchandise. We actually got some new WandaVision-inspired merchandise made. Uh, so go ahead and go to comicbookclick.com. Click that Shop CBC link and it will take you right to our Tee Public store. Um, where you can get some exclusive designs made by us um, and rock some of your comic book fandom. Every episode of the Major Issues Podcast, like I said, is available at comicbookclick.com. That's the one stop for us. But if you already have a podcast app on your phone and it's easier for you guys to listen to us through there, we're available wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneFind, YouTube, etc. But the quickest way to find us is to go to Google and type in Major Issues Podcast and we'll be the first one to pop up because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Especially next week, we want you guys to join the conversation and you can do so by following us on social media. That's by going to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issues CBC on Twitter, and that's where we post a lot of updates to the podcast, memes, and news that breaks out uh, when it comes to comic books. If you guys want to help us out uh, free of charge, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It's the quickest way we grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. Um, but if you want to give us a little bit more change for as little as a dime a day, $3 a month, you can get access to the CBC Clubhouse at patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse, where not only do you get to help independent content creators like us here at Comic Book Click um, continue to keep the lights on here, but get access to exclusive content like CBC Commentaries, where we sit and chat alongside some of our favorite and least favorite films uh, and have a blast. We've already recorded commentaries for... Uh, Dark Phoenix, Man of Steel, and the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And I don't think you have to be a brain scientist or a rocket surgeon to figure out what our next episode is going to be on. It will be on the Justice League. So see us get tortured by that. Uh, it, but I, to be honest, I'm actually excited to do the commentary for Justice League because I think that will be the version I watch now. With <laughs> That will be, you know, you'll have your Snyder Cut and then you'll have your Click Cut. And that's it. Uh, that's all you guys have to worry about. <laughs> Don't worry about any of that dialogue from the actual film. It doesn't even really matter. Um, yeah, so help us. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Like, share, and subscribe. Um, spread the word. Uh, we're getting bigger and better. Comic Book Click is hitting five years around this time next month. So uh, we got some big stuff in store. Some big growth is going to happen. And it's all been thanks to you guys. So thank you guys uh, so much for that. If you dig in what we're doing here, again, come back next week, as most of you know to do. But 
I implore you that if you not only like comic books, but if you like professional wrestling, that you go and tune into the Dirt Sheet Radio podcast, which is hosted by our very own Jonathan Escudero, a.k.a. Yeah, Yogi. It's a man. Me. He's a man of many talents, a man of many worlds. Uh, Dirt Sheet Radio is currently the exclusive uh, new site for most for most people nowadays on Facebook. It's become a cultural juggernaut, if you will. So continue uh, this man. Help me continue this man's success by spreading the word. Uh, check out Dirt Sheet Radio if you want to listen to some pro wrestling commentary about modern pro wrestling. And uh, always come back, circle around, come back here, uh, and let's talk some comics. So that sounds good to me. But uh, that sounds like it's all I've got for this week. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. This is John Escudero, a.k.a. Yogi. And remember, whether or not you live in your own reality, uh, don't make people do what they don't want to do. Don't use your chaos magic and wipe people's minds. Uh, don't, don't be the villain, Wanda. Don't be the villain. But remember that you, yes, you, are worthy.